think once you become more aware uh, and you do the research and you read more and you come to understand the impact of your decisions, so we can only make, you know, an impact one person at a time, but it's a huge one. It's a huge one that we can make, not only for others, for our planet, but for ourselves. So it was twofold for me, consciousness and, and, and wanting to be a better steward of, of planet, of animals, of people, of things, of living beings. Yeah. Um, not that we're ever eating people, but I, you know what I mean? Um, of just the way that we're treating one another. I don't know. It does seem to be a, a systemic kind of mindset in that it bleeds into other areas of life when you become more conscious and sensitive to life, period. To life, period. You know, and I just don't feel like I have a right to take a life for my sustainability um, when chickpeas have just as much protein as chicken. I'm Jackie Reed, Emmy Award-winning journalist, longtime TV and radio host, and vegan. I created this podcast to give you tips on how easy, delicious, inexpensive, healthy, and fun eating vegan can be. We'll also talk wellness and just how we can make the world a better place. This is the Vegan Sexy Cool Podcast. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the show. My guest today has such an incredible story. She is a Black American woman who lives in Taiwan with her husband and two children. Her challenges to find vegan food in Taiwan and to exist as the only vegan in her family are hilarious and inspiring. And wait until you hear what medical situation led her to become vegan in the first place and her evolution to becoming an ethical vegan. And how she shares all of this on her hit reality television show, which airs on Amazon. Let's get to it. How are things in the midst of everything? Uh, there, you know, um, things are are well here. Uh, you know, I'm in Taiwan, so it's a little bit unique in that we, when we first flattened the curve early last year, we kind of dealt with it before it hit the rest of the world. So I think to date, we've only had nine people that have died in the country. Wow. And um, I think we're around 900 imported cases or total cases, um, still only maybe around 50 or 60 local spread cases out of 24 million people so wow. really yeah can't complain um they failed really bad at SARS uh, not SARS yeah I, um yeah at SARS mm -hmm. and so dealing with COVID they kind of knew what to do they have a woman president so <laughs> you know it's similar to New Zealand so can't complain you know our, our schools have been open since uh late march early april of last year and really haven't had that many issues we've been on our borders have been shut since that time yeah. <laughs> as well so when you live on an island you really can shut down your borders and control things yeah quite well so uh it's lonely you know i'd like to go home my grandmother just turned 91 mm. but you know it's affecting all of us and i honestly don't feel like I have a right to complain. I've had so many family members that have survived COVID. Um, 
some that have not, friends, you know, high school classmates that did not. And so I, I feel fortunate um, to at least have written out the hardest part of it while we all try to figure out what to do and how to get it together in other places. So it's been, um, you know, I run Dress for Success Greater London and um because i lived in london for almost five years and that that's been hard um that's been really hard our clients have really struggled yeah so um as everybody has so how are you i should ask you i mean listen i talk about myself so much uh (laughs) on this show since you're a guest to the show people are getting to know you girl i'm always talking about my 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 life but i'm i'm good I'm very considering, um, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, it has been a wellness journey more than anything. I have been lucky um, Mm -hmm. to, you know, my health is good, but I've been protected. I'm home. Um, I don't have to go out into the world much, which I don't. There is that loneliness that exists even here in the U.S. when you're someone who takes it seriously, um, as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just, I don't want to get sick and the after effect that could happen with that. And I don't want to die, which could happen as well. So yeah. I'm very, I, I keep myself very isolated. Um, and it is what it is, but the, you know, the, um, emotional part of that, you know, has been a struggle, mm-hmm. but you yeah. know, I'm, I, I'm happy to still be here. I'm on really on the other yeah. side of that for the most part, but I, what I did, for all of this time was really lean into my wellness. It was a very yeah. selfish time for me that where I could choose to be that in order to survive it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, the emotional yeah. part of it. But yeah, yeah, I just really had to really make my wellness important. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I agree. And I think, you know, that's the part about all of this that they're not really talking about. Like, okay, but how do you stay healthy? And <laughs> what about wellness and what about mental health and you know um it's funny preparing to come on your show I thought about how my journey um in vegan and raw diet has been sort of my I know it's gonna sound crazy to some people it's been like a self-care moment for me yes. it really has like I I was thinking about like what my favorite recipes are and what I love to do here and just being because for me because we're 13 sometimes 13, 12 hours ahead. My loneliest parts of the day are like two o'clock in the afternoon, my time when everybody's asleep, you know, it's 1am in the U S every, my mama's asleep. My dad is, there's no one to talk to. And I purposely am just like, okay, let me. And a lot of my friends aren't vegan. My husband's not vegan. My kids, my kids are almost vegan now. I'm so excited. Um, yes, I'm so excited. I knew my son was going to be vegan though. He loves food and he loves good food and he does not have to have meat on any of his meals he's never been that way his favorite food is green beans and he gets like really excited about kale and he's been that way since he was an infant so I think I just think it's because that's what I I was vegan when I was pregnant so I think that's just what I fed him and that's just his his preference but a lot of my friends like you know you try to go out for lunch with friends and no, everybody's eating meat. And then when I get to pick a place, we're all going to different vegan places in, in Taiwan. And so for me, discovering great vegan restaurants has been a form of self-care for yeah. me. Um, and, the, and, and I don't know, it just feels the time 
uh, during that time frame. And I purposely will go for like a late lunch at two o'clock in the afternoon mm -hmm. if I'm by myself, just because I discover something new. I'm discovering new, and it feels like I'm doing something for myself. Yeah. Like I can't can't go hug my grandmother. You know, I can't go home, especially this summer. I had planned on spending the entire summer in the U.S. because Taiwan is disrespectfully hot. My wig was sliding off. It's disrespectfully hot. You know, it's like the, the humidity is disrespectful. It's not like you know, you know, when you got to be glue won't stay because it's that humid. It's unattractive in the summertime. So I didn't plan on being here. It's disrespectful with it uh, for a black woman because then I'm like so, and then. You you make my natural curls. I'm I've been natural since I was pregnant with my daughter. Like it's been about fourteen years now, mm -hmm. and the humidity won't let my curls, my natural curls, be great. Right. So, <laughs> so I'm like, so you won't let me be great. And my wig slid off the first week we moved here on the playground to go pick up my kids in front of parents. Oh my! Yeah, and my my husband was like, oh, <laughs> it's happening. He was like, see it slide. <laughs> So I didn't plan on being here this summer, but I was. <laughs> so, oh my god! <laughs> I had to do what I had to do for self care and <laughs> finding that Taiwan and Taipei in particular has some of the most amazing vegan restaurants, some yeah. amazing raw chefs. Oh gosh, yes, it's just, and I didn't expect it. I did not expect it. So I'm exploring and creating a new vlog. Um, just going around and I call it trans transversing Taiwan vegan. And I so I'm just, that. yeah, exploring different places here. Um, just even from the food to the teas to the makeup that's available here. Not that it's going to stay on your face because it's hot, but, you know, <laughs> for the indoors, it's going to be great. And it's going to well, be fine. <laughs> well, I have to ask you, so you're creating this blog to help people navigate uh, vegan yeah. food and, and beauty and, and such um, mm -hmm. in Taiwan. But for you, how do you discover places? How do you go? Um, is there a language barrier for you? Like, how yes. do you discover and explore? That is such um, a huge issue because I do not speak Mandarin. I'm in class twice a week. Uh, my kids are becoming very fluent. We've all, almost been here two years. Time really flies. I've tried to pick up Mandarin. I still can't read Chinese characters, so I can't read ingredients yeah. on the back of a box. And sometimes I'll try to use Google Translate. Thank God for Google Translate, that there's an app for that. But sometimes the, the, the translation is not always correct. Yeah. And um, so that is a challenge and i think that's why i really started exploring a lot of restaurants mm -hmm. because it is such a challenge to even pick up you know i would love to pick up a box of something in a store and be assured that it is 100 percent vegan but i don't always know that um because the ingredients are written in mandarin mm -hmm. and sometimes the translation is not accurate and when i'm on a good roll and i haven't you know, delved in any cheese or anything for, for months and months. I just don't want to take a risk because my body feels so great yeah. when I am compliant. And I don't want to say compliant, like it's some kind of strict, you know, regimen, but literally for me, it was a health um, thing. So what I do there is, I, I found some great Taipei vegan, Taiwan vegan groups on Facebook. 
And so they're always a great resource and mm-hmm. finding people because that's the other thing too there's a language barrier sometimes to making friends and then a lot of your american friends may or may not necessarily be vegan or your english speaking friends may not necessarily be vegan um so there are a lot of groups that give great recommendations on different restaurants i found one spot here that is not only a restaurant but they also sell you know products and foods and ingredients and vegan cheeses that they make you know, um, in, in their restaurant to sell and cakes and different things that you can take away. And, um, had a wonderful, oh gosh, it was like a, a Greek Italian flavored spreadable cheese that was all vegan that they make from the herbs that they grow on their rooftop of the building. It's just, and, and butters and everything. So, um, finding those type of groups has really, really helped. Um, Google is always great. Sometimes the restaurant names are written in Mandarin, so I can't tell the Uber where to go. Um, sometimes in terms of like, I'd love to call you to come pick me up and take me someplace, but it doesn't always copy and paste properly. So there, you know, there are some people have, we all have different hurdles and different barriers to overcome. Um, but it means that much to me because I feel so much better um it is what i was meant to do i know everybody has their own journey and their own choice but for my body i I tease my husband a lot we have this the show that's out on on amazon or did it did the run on amazon um and i tease my husband because my husband's from alabama i'm from tennessee and i tell him that you know he's part goat and that i really believe this man can eat a tin can and be just fine like he can eat anything He's got I've, yes, he is so sturdy, is what I call him. Like, your digestive system is so sturdy. I am so delicate, <laughs> and I have been for years. And honestly, plant-based diet and even raw is just like a lifesaver. I feel so much better. And I want you to break down the the raw part of things for people who mm-hmm. may not be able to wrap their heads around that. But I want you to start first with your vegan journey. Um, are you vegan, vegan? Do you eat vegan? You know, are you giving up leather and all that kind of stuff? Or is it just, I eat vegan and then why? Like, how did you make mm-hmm. that transition in the diet? I am, uh, I eat vegan and I am transitioning to vegan, vegan. Okay. Like I, um, from from makeup to lashes to nails to clothing, um, it's that part. I'm still on a journey, only because I have so many clothes in my closet, <laughs> and I'm trying to still make the transition. But um, making the conscious decision to buy vegan now, um, and it, the the journey was twofold. For eating vegan, I have for years uh, said that I felt better when I didn't eat meat. It started out as vegetarian and it started out from a need. Um, when I was became pregnant with my daughter, I had pregnancy induced UC, so ulcerative colitis, mm. um, which is really strange. Well, I thought it was strange until I came across the uh, UK Crohn's and Colitis Organization that helped me to realize I was not weird and that I was not alone. And, um, and it, oddly enough, it was the year that I competed for Mrs. 
um, world international. So I did Mrs. Pageants for a while. Mm -hmm. There are different levels. Like there's teen, miss, and Mrs. Right. So I did Mrs. Pageants and it was a, a, a way for me to work out and become really fit. I always noticed that for my body, I could never really lose the last five or six, seven pounds. My body would hold on to these toxicities without going vegetarian. And then once I started doing that, I noticed hey, this pain that I constantly have in my stomach doesn't exist anymore. And I had gotten so accustomed to this pain that I was feeling from mm -hmm. eating that I just became numb to it, that I just felt like that was just a part of eating. That was a part of life. It was something I just had to experience. And when I started doing pageants, I noticed, gosh, I feel so much better when I don't eat meat. And I can drop these last seven, you know, tesky pounds that just won't seem to go anywhere when I don't eat meat. So I thought, hmm, maybe the toxicity in meat just keeps the fat on me. And I just didn't really think too deeply about it. Yeah. When I became pregnant with my daughter, um, it triggered UC for me. And the pain became unbearable. Like it would literally take my breath away. Um, and so I switched to a vegan diet, which was the only thing that really sustained me. It was the only way that I could eat and it'd be bearable. I just wasn't meant to process meat. Um, I used to tell people all the time, like, I like meat. It just doesn't like me, you know? <laughs> and so it started that way. And just me noticing my body respond to not eating meat. And then once I stopped having children, um, and my son now is getting ready to be 11, that's what really started because it, I started noticing my body's response to not eating meat and then noticing my body's response to not eating cheese and you know and noticing and and it, honestly it was my body was told me what it wanted told me what i needed i know everybody is different my husband doesn't have these type of responses at all you know <laughs> he doesn't have these type of pains or urges or anything mm -hmm. um but for me, I felt it was the first time that I could be pain-free. Wow. And uh, the pain literally just left. And I just can't go back because it's just not worth, literally it's not worth the pain. Uh, eventually, and that was like 12 years ago, eventually as I became more conscious of our planet of green initiatives, I started Dress for Success uh, Greater London, which is all about extending the, the fashion cycle and fashion sustainability and becoming more conscientious of what we're doing to our planet, to our world, the world we're going to leave behind for our children. Then it became more of a conscious decision about animal rights. Um, I'm, I'm over here. I'm looking over here at my little a little dog now. I'm a, I'm a dog enthusiast. I've always had animals. My daughter would make our home into an ark if she could and have two of each kind. Uh, we've had, we've done it all from guinea pigs to hamsters. The only thing we haven't had is a cat, you know, and I, and I think that time is coming. Um, but just thinking about uh, the fact that I don't want to eat anything that had eyes, a face or parents, you know, I just don't want to do it. Um, it is, I think as you evolve, depending on what your priorities are and what matters to you, uh, it matters to me to be kind in this world. And to me, killing things 
it's not kind. It just doesn't feel right. And so it dovetailed into a higher level of consciousness, um, even in, in, in extending the fashion cycle um, of a garment. And the more fashion sustainable conscious I became with even, you know, consignment stores. But what we do address for success is giving used wearable clothes to women to empower them to go back into the workplace and seeing the impact that fashion has on our planet um, and doing the research. I think once you become more aware uh, and you do the research and you read more and you come to understand the impact of your decisions, so we can only make you know, an impact one person at a time, but it's a huge one. It's a huge one that we can make, not only for others, for our planet, but for ourselves. So it was twofold for me, consciousness and, and, and wanting to be a better steward of, of planet, of animals, of people, of things, of living beings. Yeah. Um, not that we're ever eating people, but I, you know what I mean? Um, of just the way that we're treating one another. I don't know it does seem to be a, a systemic kind of mindset in that it bleeds into other areas of life when you become more conscious and sensitive to life, period. It does. To life, period. You know, and I just don't feel like I have a right to take a life for my sustainability um, when chickpeas have just as much protein as chicken. Come on. Come on. <laughs> And sometimes it's a better protein for me. You know, I, I again, I, I don't try to shame anyone. I don't try to push this on anyone. Even though on the show that we're on the expats, International Ingrams that was on Amazon, we paused distribution for a moment. We're victims, victim of our own success. Uh, so we did 2.3 million streams in under three weeks. Wow. You get a little attention from other people that may not have paid you attention before. So we're negotiating some things. We'll be back in a, in a few weeks, but we've got some opportunities that came about from that, which is a blessing and a huge thing. But even in the show, you know, I took my, my ladies at lunch to my favorite vegan spot and then, you know, kind of made them go on a raw cooking class for me. So the evolution from vegan to raw, raw is just not using heat, yeah, not using. And let's break that down for people who want to understand it, who don't think that all you're doing is just taking raw fruits and vegetables yeah. and, you know, I, and just soaking beans, but not cooking them. Explain what a, a raw vegan diet is. Yes, it is phenomenal. It is delicious. And it so is better. It's really healthy for it really is healthy. Like all the digestive enzymes, all the nutrition in the food is there. It's not altered by cooking it in any way, shape or form. And it is now it is next level. It is a bit more in preparation, but not that much more. That's part of the reason why I wanted to show it um, on the show and show my friends in real life, because, you know, it, we're just documenting our, our, our journey. There is a wonderful chef here, Chef Presh, who conducted our, our raw cooking class, um, that was, it is unexpectedly good. It is not just eating fruits and vegetables. It is literally blending and making meals. It is, um, you know, it's, it's the same thing as being vegan. You just don't use heat to cook anything, but you get the real flavor of everything. Nothing is diluted. Nothing is altered. So we made this wonderful vegan raw lasagna dish that was made from zucchini 
Um, the meat content was made from ca uh, cashews mm -hmm. and walnuts. And there was so much, so many herbs and the tomato sauce. And I did not expect it to taste that good. I'll be honest. Um, it was my first time having that particular dish. It was probably the best thing I'd ever put in my mouth. I was so shy. And everyone was like, oh my God, it was just phenomenal. It was delicious. Mm. And um, it's about recipes. It's about cooking with food and putting food combinations together uh, in a way that is delicious, that is healthy, but you just don't use heat. That's the only difference. And you'd be surprised. You don't use man-made manufactured heat. You don't use fire. Now, some people I know have set things in window seals. And so, you know, and let the sun heat it and make it warm. Yeah. And, and I've seen that. Especially when I was in the UK, I went to a raw cooking class and they, we did that and I, and I tried it and it was good. You know, it, it, we made a raw pizza. And so it, for, in order for it not to be cold, they set it in the windowsill and allow the sun to heat the ingredients, so to speak, and, and made it warm just because sometimes people have textural issues or sometimes you want something that's a little warm. I find it easier to, to do a raw diet in the summer yeah. because sometimes in the winter you want a warm soup, you know, you want to, so it, I think for the summertime, raw is ideal because you're doing cold soups anyway, you know, you're doing different dishes, smoothies and so forth. Yeah. And so it's easier, especially like I said, Taiwan is really hot. So, <laughs> you know, you want to cool down. And so you don't, I could probably cook a whole meal out on my patio in the, summer, in the summertime. I, I wouldn't even need a stove. It's so hot here. But um, that's so funny. Yeah. I never thought about that. That's Let me ask you about this. Um, mm -hmm. You mentioned that, you know, you are vegan. Your son is kind of moving in that direction. Your daughter, yes. no, your, your um, husband, no. For you, any advice for people out there, certainly uh, women who may be the, the, the cook in the household, um, mm -hmm. they want to go vegan. They, they want to do this, but it's hard because of you know everybody else in the house not wanting yeah. to do that how what advice would you give to someone or what did you learn along the way um you know i gave myself permission to not always feel the need to cook separate meals for everybody meaning i would do takeout vegan for me and cook for everybody cook for everybody else and sometimes you just have to give yourself permission because it is it is physically taxing to cook separate meals for everybody. And sometimes that, that serves as a barrier because you're just like, just never mind. I'll just, just forget it. I'll go ahead. And even if you're eating a meatless meal, but you're using chicken broth or you're using ingredients that you're using with everybody else, or maybe you decide, okay, fine, I'll just eat some eggs or something because I just don't feel like going and literally cooking separate because sometimes you're already cooking different meals for people because you have choosy picky children and so you know you're already like my son loves vegetables my daughter loves fruit right they are already have that separation going so I gave myself permission in the beginning um to allow myself to say okay here are some of my favorite vegan restaurants that deliver on on uber eats 
I'm not going to cook different meals. I'm going to do that. And I'll start out doing that two days a week. I'll cook the separate meals three days a week for my own mental stability because I'm making this journey and because I'm tired and I have enough going on. I'm going to give myself permission to order in for myself. So that way I don't become tempted. That way I don't give in to the fatigue. Um, and tempt it more so in other ingredients. You know, I don't want to cook my food with chicken broth. I don't. Um, but my my husband does. So I think that was the biggest the biggest thing that helped me get over the hump, especially because I was already making another transition to a new country. Yeah. And and there were already enough hurdles and barriers. I was trying to figure out where to buy groceries and ingredients, how to get what I needed. And there are a wonderful assortment of um, vegan grocery stores, but you have to go look for them here as you do anywhere. It's not, um, so like if you're looking for vegan mayonnaise, a lot of the regular chain restaurant or grocery stores here, oddly enough, don't have a big vegan section in terms of condiments so you can find yeah you can find like beyond beef you can find the core substitutes but some of the things that you need to make a real meal and a dish is not always readily available so you really are cooking cooking from scratch you may have to make some vegan uh mayonnaise and, and finding different so it is a journey i think give yourself permission to order in and find your restaurant and not have to. And then after a while, I tease a lot on the show about this too. My husband is very frugal. That's my loving way of saying he's cheap. Uh, you know, after a while, you're going to get tired of that Uber bill. You go start eating what I eat, yeah. <laughs> you know, and allowing me to cook these beautiful vegan dishes for Delicious. everybody. Yeah. The delicious, beautiful, and truly, um, Gosh, it's so therapeutic in the sense that I find my cooking process to be that of such love because I constantly think about how much this is ministering almost to the health mm-hmm. of my family. Yes. And I know that it is healthier for them. So when my, like my daughter came to me the other day, she said, you know, I think I want to try vegan sausages uh, in the morning. I'm like, score hey. yes and so i moseyed on down to the I, I was almost dancing the street like i'm going to get some sausages for my baby yes honey and i was moseying on down like do so excited and happy for them to to join <laughs> i am silly to a fault but literally i was in the store and i know people were like why is she, why is she humming i'm like vegan for my babies da, 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 da. you know what i'm saying really excited and happy and it's um I was never really a big cook uh before this and part of that was was my own uh working environment I'm an attorney also and so making the transition and being a trailing spouse gave me a reason to take a break from the traditional practice of law and get more into filmmaking and acting and all these other things but it gave me more time and so the preparation and the prep time I just see it as an act of of love. Um, and it's a beautiful process because it does take, you know, 
in the beginning right now i'm a, i'm a lot faster a lot you know quicker but in the beginning i i just looked at it as not only doing something that was so much healthier for me it also brings back memories and nostalgic memories of what sustained me through my unique journey of being pregnant because my doctors told me that my daughter we wouldn't make it through the fifth month of pregnancy because of the uc that i was experiencing they were like uh she's not gonna grow she probably won't make it you're experiencing so much pain that you're probably not going to make it and then once i had her they told me don't try to have any more um so we literally i tell everybody my son was just meant to be here we still don't know how we know how he got here it was that one night too much it was i remember the bottle of wine i haven't had that wine since um i remember um but when when he when i found out i was pregnant the second time i was so nervous because my doctors had told me your body couldn't sustain it honestly though switching to the vegan diet is what sustained now, i don't i'm not saying that as a uh i'm not giving medical advice as the lawyer me i have to say my disclaimers yeah. i'm not giving medical advice but i'm just saying what helped me mm -hmm. um and so for me there are times when i am preparing a meal and cooking and tears come in my eyes because I really feel like it was a saving grace for me in this journey and just finding this as a as a healing source that allowed me to have what are the two biggest blessings in my life and allowed us to get through the toughest time. Um, it was it was rough, but it was doable. And I don't even like to call it a diet, but eating and being vegan and just eating healthy sources of food and not having my body and my digestive system try to fight to digest meat that was just was not purpose for me to have made it so that they were here and i carried full term um and my daughter was really tiny but she's mighty as they say you know and she was perfectly fine um so there are times when i'm in the kitchen now prepping for food and i just get this sense of fullness and happiness and joy and knowing that i'm doing what is right for my body and now doing what is right for them it to me it is truly uh the best choice for your body yeah. for your digestive system for health for wellness wow. even mental clarity yes <laughs> Don't even get me started on mental clarity. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you about this show. Yeah. I love it so much. Tell okay. me for folks who just uh, give us some of the backstory for folks who may have seen it or maybe they mm -hmm. didn't see it. But yeah. just how, because I, I just think that you are such a, just a remarkable woman within yourself, right? Just Thank everything you. that you're involved in, all the things that you've done, all the things that you've accomplished. And you create this t television show yeah it, it, correct me if i'm wrong with your through your production company mm -hmm. and then you end up selling it to amazon yeah so we we put it on amazon um i just the whole journey was just such a huge uh blessing i loved every minute of it every challenge and there were many as an indie filmmaker and it was through my own production company uh two years ago almost three now, I decided to do a 501c3 nonprofit production company. And we focus on empowering women and giving a voice to marginalized people 
and narratives that otherwise would not be told. Mm -hmm. So we lived for London for almost five years prior to moving to Taiwan. And um, I used to, I don't know how I always attract all the black people everywhere I go. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because I, probably because I'm dancing down the street right. going to buy vegan sausages. Like, what is she doing? You know, <laughs> let me go, let me go follow her. You know, where is she going? Um, beating her own head. And so I, we used to do these Soul Food Saturdays and Soul Food Sunday events where we would gather up all the uh, African-Americans in the area and, you know, Frankie Beverly Mays would be playing and Beyonce and we'd be barbecuing and kids running on the lawn. There were like 30 of us that would get together at any given once a month. It was like a potluck. And one day we were celebrating another family moving uh, back to the U.S. And I, all this was going on and Frankie Beverly Mays, we could have been anywhere. It felt like you were anywhere in America, anywhere. Yeah. And I looked up and there was Windsor Castle because the, the place that they live, they were in Windsor when we were down the street from Windsor and it was just the backdrop. And then I looked around and everyone there was uh, a director, a vice president, a GM or some in doctors, lawyers and Indian chiefs that were, that were there. And um, one, one day we are, cause her, I think her cousin uh, was living there. Keisha Knight Pulliam just popped up, you know, and just showed up at our, our soul food Sunday cause she was visiting in London and had heard like, heard you guys doing these soul food Sundays over here. And it was just a beautiful environment. And it, as a storyteller, as um, a creative, you always look for things that haven't been done or stories that haven't been told. And at the time I was practicing law, I had some reality TV clients. Um, and I'm a, a, I say I'm a fan of reality TV. I, I, I'm, I respect the genre in that there is something for everybody. What I found at the time is that I didn't feel like there was something for me and my family. I didn't feel like there was something that I could sit down and watch with my children. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to create something that showed this world of expats and particularly black expats, which you don't really see or even hear a lot of. I looked around that lawn um, in, in the garden, as they would call it in the UK, and there was such a huge diversity um, and beauty represented there that I knew no one had ever seen. And so I started writing the treatment for the show about five years ago mm -hmm. and tried to shop it around and no one could figure out what I was talking about. Nobody could figure out like, well, is it a travel show? And I'm like, no, it's not a travel show, even though it's taking place in another country, yeah. not a travel show, it's a lifestyle show. And then at that time, you know, all things black weren't always, it wasn't always hot as it is now, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so um, when we found out we were moving to Taiwan, I knew this was the time because in the transition, it's all the drama. And in the show, the formula for entertainment is not the normal negative drama formula that you have in a lot of other traditional um traditional reality shows we call it smart reality tv because we we fashioned it on the premise of what the black panthers coined in the 60s as edutainment mm -hmm. so i wanted to be entertaining and educational at the same time in the sense that um wanted to educate the audience on what it was like to live abroad to show the realities of what that's like the ups the downs the good the bad and then also to normalize seeing black people just being abroad um, life, one of the premises of the show, life presents its own drama. You do not have to create drama 
There is no fighting. Nobody's throwing any drinks on the show. There's no flipping tables. Yeah. There's no no black on black crime, as I call it, you know, in these shows sometimes. And there's something for everybody. I I watch everything, um, just to study the art form. And I think that there is something for everyone and entertainment for everybody. I just wanted to create something that black children could turn on television and see themselves in another country and get inspired to travel when we when we can again and get inspired to study abroad, get inspired to go to college in another country. I love the fact in this show, it's not just my family, but once we arrived here, we showcase so many other black expats and their journeys here from teachers to students to a former Taiwanese NBA player that came from Alabama um, and played NBA here, Quincy, who owns a vegan restaurant, one of my favorite vegan restaurants here, who he's 100% full vegan um, and former Taiwanese NBA player, gave up his American citizenship, is a full Taiwanese citizen now. And just to tell his journey and people who, uh, one of my friends here, Toy, who majored in Chinese uh, while living in Texas, studied abroad in China, eventually ended up moving here. And I wanted to show the different paths to living abroad especially for black people, because it, we don't normalize that. I wanted to normalize black people being vegan and black people having luxury in their lives and not always struggling and sisterhood and solidarity. I don't have a lot of black female friends that fight one another, constantly argue with one another. If we do argue, I've never thrown a drink in anybody's face. I've never... <laughs> I've never had anyone throw one in mine and still be my friend. I've never had that happen, you know? And so I wanted to just depict a normalized uh, vision of black people and black folks living abroad, the realities and what a year we had got, we filmed straight through COVID because we could in yeah. Taiwan. Um, we had Ta black lives matter Taiwan to occur and, and marches here and solidarity, dear solidarity rallies here. It's six in the morning. Y'all have to forgive me. So <laughs> My tongue is still waking up. Um, but to show oh, the diversity and the breadth of Blackness and abroad, uh, I just wanted to normalize that for us and to show something that was different and to leave a legacy. Hopefully my grandkids can play, press play and they'll think grandma was cool at one point in time, even if her wig was not adjusted all the time. Listen, you know. very, very <laughs> cool. Well, Juanita, I, listen, I could talk to you. We are going to stay connected, lady, because yes. I adore you. I really, really do. So thank oh, you for yeah. taking the time to be on the Vegan Sexy Cool um, yeah. podcast. And I really wish you well with everything, you know. With thank you so much. Just with living abroad. I hope you get to come back to the U.S. soon to see your I family. I hope so. Friends. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate everything. If they want to stay connected, theexpatsshow.com. Log on, stay connected, join the, the uh, newsletter so they can find out where we reemerge. We'll have bonus material, all of that. So we're excited. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
I hope you enjoyed this edition of the show as much as I did. Juanita has so much going on. If you want details on how to follow her and keep up with what's next for her, just check out our show notes over on vegansexycool.com. And if you like this interview that you heard here today, please leave a comment and subscribe to the podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got more great stuff coming there soon. We are revamping it. And I think you're really going to like what you see there. And be sure to follow us on social media at Vegan Sexy Cool. Until next time, everybody, stay safe and stay sane.